I don't really think there's better advice for, for young people or for anybody that is getting started um, other than just do what you want to do. At the end of the day, people are going to come and go. And I've learned, you know, as I've, and I'm not that old, I'm 24, but like in the last seven years of living like an adult um, and, and like a true adult, just people come and go and, and especially with the way the world is changing, there's always room for new people. There's always places to go. Like my best friend, Ali Colleen and I talk about all the time, like I could literally, you know, pending regulations and restrictions and all that, but like, I could literally, if I have the money, as long as I've got the money to do it, I can just pack my suitcase, jump in my car, go to the airport and be in Australia in 10 hours. You are now tuning in to the Roughnecks Podcast with your host, Cole Nixon. Much love. What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I'm your host, Cole Nixon, and my goal of this podcast is to bring on leaders in the world of athletics, coaching, entrepreneurship, and just life in general to try and motivate us all to be better. We shouldn't strive to be millionaires in terms of money, but by the millions of lives that we can impact. If you want to be a guest or have a guest idea that you would like to hear from, then shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you like this episode. Then head over to our social media and give us a follow on Instagram at Podcast, Twitter at RoughnecksPodC1, Facebook at Podcast, And then don't forget to subscribe to the Roughnecks YouTube channel as well. As always, be sure to grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Let's get into this week's episode. everybody welcome back to a double episode week i didn't get an episode out last week but instead i'll have a double episode week this week this is episode 55 of the roughnecks podcast and it's crazy to think that we are 55 episodes into it never would have thought that i've even get to 55 i never even thought i'd get to 10 to be honest but here we are at 55 before we know it, we'll be on to 100 probably gonna have to do something special for that one but if you guys ever hear or have a special guest idea for this podcast, shoot me an email at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com or message me on social media. Um, same is true with any questions. I'm actually considering, I actually decided today, I am going to try it for episode 60. I'm going to do a Q&A episode. So on my story, which I'll post it multiple times throughout the week, um, I'll have a question box where you can ask me questions and I'll answer them on episode 60 just to try and switch it up a little bit. But we have the new topic this month of hard work. I had to think about that for a second because this is the first episode of this month. But hard work, and I can tell you right now, I have a special guest joining me today who has shown what a little bit of hard work and dedication can lead you to. Carly Rogers, welcome to the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm just sitting out here on my front porch. I'm a stoop. It's nice to be able to actually sit outside now. It's not too hot. It's getting to that fall weather. It's the best time of year, in my opinion. Yes, and the sun just, like, now, all summer, it goes down in, like, the deepest part of the tree line, so it stays on the house forever, but now it's moved over so far that, like, 
I get a lot of more. I got. I get a lot more tree time. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I can sit out here in a hoodie and be fine. But yeah, that's fine. So I like to allow my guests to give a background on themselves, and uh, you have quite the background, so I don't want to mess it up. So I'll allow you to tell the Roughnecks listeners who you are. Yeah. Um. So I grew up in Bennington, Vermont. My name is Carly Rogers. Um. I'm 24. I currently reside in Dix County, Tennessee. Um. I just moved out of Nashville. It's like an hour outside the city. Um, but yeah, I'm from Bennington, Vermont. I've grown up singing, um, performing, traveling, um, traveling for lots of different reasons uh, between BMX and other sports. And then, of course, now, obviously, singing and stuff. So um, all that to say, I eat a lot of pizza and drink a lot of cold beer. <laughs> I can get down to the cold. Actually, I can get down to both of those, the cold beer and the pizza. It's the perfect combination. It is one of the best combinations on this earth, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. You can't beat it. Actually, after this, I'm probably going to go get a pizza and watch Thursday Night Football. <laughs> so the first thing I got to ask you is how did you actually get into singing? Like, what in, was there someone that inspired you? Because I read something that said from five years old, you knew that's what you, you wanted to move to Nashville. Was there someone who inspired you or something that inspired you? Was it just something that you knew you wanted to do? Yeah, so I just, like, anybody in my family will tell you, and it's so cliche, of course, but anybody in my family will tell you that I just have always sang. It didn't matter if we were in the car, if we were at a basketball game, if we were in the grocery store, um, and it, it didn't really even matter if I knew what the words were or anything like that. Um, just always sang and, and worked up the courage to, to begin performing when I was, like, five, just, like, asking hey, can I sing the national anthem? Or, hey, can I whatever, or blah, blah, blah. So um, talent show, stuff like that. And then got into a rock and roll band in middle school. Um, it was like a school of rock program that turned into a rock and roll band that stayed together for like four years. Um, we just played around Bennington and did some small town stuff. And then I just kind of started doing acoustic stuff, um, hiring a guitar player because I didn't know how to play at the time and singing all over town and upstate New York and a little bit in Massachusetts and stuff, um, doing like national anthems and stuff like that. And I just applied to Belmont University in Nashville. My grandmother told me that, you know, if you want to play country and rock and roll music, you got to go to Nashville. I knew I wasn't going to be an actress and I wasn't going to do theater. So Nashville seemed like the spot. Applied to school, got in. I was pretty young, but, um, you know, 17 when I moved here and kept doing it so We're, there wasn't like one person though like my grandmother just was like yeah go ask mr buck at the bmx track if you want to go see the national anthem and he let me do it so <laughs> what were the nerves like that first time you actually had to sing and like what would you recommend to someone because there's a lot of people out there that you know that's how they start is they do the national anthem at their high school football game or whatever like what do you what advice do you have to give for someone who's possibly about to do that well, I was five, so, you know, in first grade or kindergarten or whatever it was, and I had a full-face BMX helmet on, um, <laughs> I, like, third moto of the day, so I had to, like, do it, sprint back down, and then run up the hill and get back in line. My parents didn't know I was doing it, so I was more scared of, like, my parents finding out and being, like, why isn't Carly in staging? And also, <laughs> I was five, so that was, like, more my – I was – more afraid of my dad than anything um but I also I had a full face helmet on and I couldn't see the crowd there was a few thousand people there or whatever it was a pretty big race and 
I couldn't see anybody over the um, the railing of the announcer's tower. So I didn't really have any of that. And maybe that's a, a testament to why I don't really experience a lot of nerves now. Um, unless I drink a lot of caffeine before a show, I don't really have too many. <laughs> well, <laughs> excuse me. I, um, I kind of set myself up for success because I set the bar really low. Like I don't give anybody very high expectations ever of anything. So um, I go out on stage and I just do what I do. And if it's good, it's good. If I mess up, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. I love how you said something about caffeine. And then you're, as you're sitting there, I believe drinking a bang. <laughs> rain, oh, yeah. sorry, rain. Yeah, it's my favorite flavor. I'm um, cherry limeade. They've been, I mean, immaculate to us all year, just supplying us with different products and stuff. This isn't like a paid ad or sponsorship yeah. or nothing. Um, but Monster has supplied us with a lot of, of stuff for tour and, and all that this year. So they've been kind to us. What was it like taking that? Almost, I don't want, I almost want to say like that leap of faith, but it's just moving away from home because I've I experienced it on a smaller degree. I went to a small school about 45 minutes from my uh, hometown. What was that like moving to Nashville or in that area at such a young age? Um. I think I look back on it now, you know, eight years later almost and, and see it differently. But at the time it was like, uh, it was like a, a 12 year old moving to Disneyland, I guess. Like you're old enough to know, you know, what's right and wrong, but you're also, and you're smart enough to, to get around, you know, but, or like flying or traveling for your first time, or like when you get your driver's license, you know, it's, it's that kind of same feeling of like, Ooh, I got some freedom here. Like I can, <laughs> I know what I want. Um, but then also, of course, just being safe and and acclimating to a, a big city. You know, mm. I, my hometown wasn't very big, and we would walk. You know, we'd sneak out of the house and walk to McDonald's at two o'clock in the morning. But we didn't have to worry about too much in, yeah. in the city. But I still kind of, you know, walked around with that same charisma of, well, I can. I'm, I'm going to be fine. You know, whatever happens, I'm nothing bad could ever happen to me. And I look back and I'm like, a lot of could have, a lot of bad could have, <laughs> but it didn't. Yeah. Thank goodness. So, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's, it's still fun. Yeah. I still, I'm going to meet up with my tour manager and a, a couple other folks later. And, and it's still just kind of like Candyland walking in and the lights and everything for me, at least yeah. I'm still not city. Yeah, that for because like you're talking about that freedom, and I remember like you know my freshman year at college, I was like, oh, this is weird. And then like after college, I moved into a house for a short time. It wasn't my house, and I was just living there. And then I had to move back home with my parents. A lot of it had to do with the money aspect of things because I was very much in debt. And then I just remember like moving back in with my parents, and it's like not that I don't I love my parents and I don't mind living with them. They let me have free range now, and but it's also like man, this, I just miss having that freedom in a way of being able to do what you want to do. Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously the, there's pros and, and there's cons. Um, my parents, I'm lucky, do travel to come and visit, which is nice. It's always amazing hanging out with them. Um, I don't get to go home a lot because I'm so far from home. I mean, I've got a dog and he's amazing, but I can't buy him his own uh, plane ticket, you know, mm. so it's a, uh, it's tough, but also at the same time, I, I mean, there's so many pros to, to staying at home and, mm -hmm. and the being, you know, being able to save all that and just everything, everything about that. I also miss home cooked, home cooked meals. 
Oh, that I, is the one great thing about living at home right now. <laughs> yeah, I only cook when I've got somebody to cook for, or, or people to cook for, rather. And uh, nobody wants to drive out here to the country for me to cook for them, so... I mean, I would never pass down a meal. I don't understand why people, and especially driving out to the country. I mean, it's just awesome. But right. what, what is, take me through, you know, you're, you write music, you sing music. Take me through the like process of a song. Like how long does it take to get through that? And like, you know, take me through like the idea for the song to writing the song, to recording, to releasing and everything. Um, well, everything and every song is different and every genre is different. Um, I'm very fortunate to have been able to kind of maneuver between independent and industry and country and hip hop, like kind of back and forth and seeing how that works. Um, the, my two big songs with Ryan up church, they took a total of like 45 minutes to brainstorm the idea for the hook, write, record build a beat and track from scratch, literally just from an acoustic guitar, all the way, all full circle, almost completely fully mixed and just without being mastered 55 minutes. Yeah. You know, and between that, when it got released was three years. So. I was going to ask too, like, is it, do you guys try to find the right time to release a song or an album, or is it just kind of like when it happens, it happens. Well, with him, I mean, Ryan releases his stuff whenever he wants to. Um, my singles have always kind of, I mean, I've always tried to be tactical with them, you know, like once a month or, you know, before this season hits, I want this song to come out and stuff like that. Um, I'm also not the best at it. I'll be honest. Like, I'm not going to try to fib anybody here and, and pretend that I've got like the most dreams and I do the best kind of distribution. Um but that's the way I've always just kind of done it. But the country songs too are written differently and they take a little bit longer. And a lot of times they have uh, more hands on or hands in it rather. Um, there's more pieces to that puzzle as opposed to the independent hip hop stuff. It's usually just both artists and the um, producer. So. Take me through that experience with Ryan Upchurch. How did that actually come about? Did you approach him? Did he approach you? Or was it just something that just kind of happened? Yeah, we were at a birthday party um, for a mutual friend of ours. And his name's Taylor Phillips. He's another incredible writer in Nashville. Um, another guy that's got both feet, you know, feet in both doors, rather. Mm -hmm. And just his birthday party, um, we both were there. And Taylor just walked me up to Ryan and was like, hey, this is Carly. She's awesome. Um, yada, yada. You guys should work together, you know, try getting in the studio together, whatever. And so probably a week later, we jumped in the studio and we made step on it. And then we went in the next day and made cowboy. Um, a couple weeks later, we made another song called smiling with a guy named demon Jones. And, but that's kind of how that relationship formed, um, and got to be really solid, really quick. And ever since, you know, obviously we've only done like one or two songs since then, but um, he's always been one of my biggest supporters and, and biggest fans. So it's been amazing um, having that friendship. And that's another thing too, that I've realized with this podcast is like, you want to build those kind of relationships in any career, you know, find the people who are doing almost bigger things than you. Like I have people like you on this podcast, like uh, Chris Lee, Granger Smith's tour manager. And like, it's opening the door, like next weekend, I'm going to Granger Smith's show. 
and ended up going to meet it up with Granger and all them. And it's just like, it opens the door for opportunities. And that's the, like, it, that could come with any career whatsoever. It's one of those things. Relationships are a very big thing. And I was taught at a young age, don't burn bridges too quick because you never know when you might need that bridge again. Yeah. Well, and of course being friends, you know, and being affiliated with up church may or may not have burned bridges along the way too, mm -hmm. just because is pardon me. Um, whatever back and forth and in, in, in relationship he's got with with the music industry and in, in mainstream nashville but all that to say um we're still doing good over here you know what I mean? and um i also think i was gonna say something i totally forgot <laughs> oh um we just opened for ryan just put me or ryan's management put me on the tailgate and tall boys festival with granger yeah, so, I saw that. I saw that festival, and I'm like, when I saw, because I watched Granger Smith, some of Granger Smith's videos that he has with the Smiths, and I was watching some other people's at the Tailgates and Tall Boys, and I was like, I need to be there next year. Like that, that place looks awesome. Yeah, well, there's two. So there's one in Peoria, and there's one in uh, Taylorville. We went to Peoria, and it was, I mean, just exceptional. Um, Ludacris, Sam Hunt, Florida Georgia Line, I think, uh, Hardy. I think Hardy was like the lowest on the pole, you know what I mean? Um, and then Taylor, our lineup was my dream lineup um, with Granger and Cadillac 3 and Ernest and Chase Matthew was on it too. Um, but I didn't get to interact with their team that much. I'm very mm -hmm. sad about that. But I heard great things, of course, but I, I was listening to that podcast earlier, obviously, because you, mm -hmm. the reference. And, um, yeah, man, they seem like amazing people. I heard nothing but kind things about all of them. I think my parents might have met them. They said nice something. But. He was one of the, like, people, when I found Yee Apparel, I, like, my friends are like, dude, you're way too obsessed. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. Let me have my obsession. Everybody has their, like, one little thing that they're obsessed with. And let me have it. And, and it's also just, like, it gives me something to have fun with, like, this concert. Like, I can't tell you the last time I went to a concert. And it's like, I love concerts, but I also just, I get so busy that I just, you know, I'll be like, oh, there's a concert. And then like, I'm like, yeah, I want to go to it. And then it passes by and I'm like, oh shit, I've, I've completely forgot. And then, so that happens all the time, but take me through too, like that first time you had a concert and you were like, we're singing in a lineup or whatever, what that experience was like, did it, did you almost get that feeling, that sensation? Like I, I finally like made it or was it, did you already feel like you almost made it at that point? Um, well, I have yet to have, and I'll be transparent, like, it's always insane opening for somebody, of course, and, and having big crowds, and um, I hope the birds aren't too loud out here, by the way, for anybody. No, that's, that's, just, that's good background noise. That's better than some other ones that I possibly have had. <laughs> yeah, it's so relaxing, Um, but I haven't had, like, my own audience, you know, yet, so I don't know if I've gotten that full, like, full experience of oh man like this is it you know this is that feeling um I think I came kind of close uh and it wasn't even I wasn't even on the lineup um but earlier maybe earlier this year was it in February I think um Ryan played at the Corbin Arena and it felt really cool to be included with like that group of people and that that arena that show being the first sold out country rap show um and being able to run up on stage and that was pretty neat. Um, but of course, like I said, I mean, that wasn't my crowd. So hopefully November the 12th, 
um, I'm headlining the Cotton Eye Joe. And that was the first like opening slot, first real venue that gave me a shot at like opening for an artist um, just independently being there with Ryan and then with Mitchell Tenpenny and Taylor Ray Holbrook. And uh, so they're giving us our own headlining slot. And I'm really hoping that we sell 1500 tickets, man. It'd be amazing. So well, I can tell you right now that I'm already looking at those tickets. Cause I've already, when I saw you post about it on your story, I was looking at it. Like, I mean, Knoxville's not that bad of a drive from Ohio. So might as well. I mean, I'm driving five hours to Grand Rapids, Michigan. So my best friend is also driving from Ohio. Um, kind of Cleveland, between Cleveland and Canton area and maybe you guys can carpool or something. I'm not going to volunteer. <laughs> um, I'm just saying that that might be an option, but also no it's car drive at all. And UGA plays at UT the next day. So oh, like, perfect, sweet. yeah, perfect college football weekend. Yeah. But now, now I just got to stay for the whole weekend. Gosh. And then Hey Hoffman plays Saturday night in Knoxville. So you can get three birds stoned. <laughs> this just sounds like a win, win, win. I mean, uh, what is it? Three strikes and you're signed up. Exactly. Something like that. What do you think? What would you say is the, your favorite song that you've ever had? And why, I guess. Um, well, right now, I mean, I, I've always been like a right now, as far as favorites go, colors, foods, uh, music, all that. And right now my favorite is a song that hasn't come out yet. Um, <laughs> Jesse Triplett is going to get in the studio with me next week for it. Um, but it's called everyone's got one. And it's just about something my dad always says, you know, everyone's got one. Um, but as far as songs that I put out so far, I think these walls, is probably like up there just because it's about the house that I grew up in. We shot the first music video I've ever shot before in the house that I grew up in and my, my baby cousin's in it and my grandmother's in it and my cousin, Ty, uh, my cousin Henry's in it. Um, so all that to say, I mean, it's a really special project that, 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 that all came out, you know, together and, and that, that song specifically. So. What's the process like of recording a music video? I guess I've never, I mean, I've seen some artists put some videos out behind it, but what's that process like? Is there a lot of stuff that goes into it? So your girl's simplistic, right? Like I am. A, I can appreciate that as a person who's very simple as well. Yeah. I'm uh, or simple, I guess is the word I'm trying to like be too complicated over here. I'm trying too hard, um, but I oversimplify everything. And so when we wrote it, my producer at the time, we just, I was like, Hey, you haven't have any time in the next like week or two to drive to Vermont. And he goes, I got three days off this week. Like when you want to go, I go, do you want to leave tomorrow? And we'll come back Thursday. We jumped in the car, drove through the night from Nashville all the way up through Virginia. Um, what is it? Virginia, DC, Baltimore, New York, all the way up to, to Vermont and then shot the music video in like two days and drove back. Um, Alejandro flew. Um, and it was very easy, very simple. We knocked out like two photo shoots while we were there. I almost knocked out like two locals at the pizza play. I mean, it was just, you know, it was very quick in and out. Um, I'm just kidding. I almost, I didn't almost knock out anybody out, but, um, <laughs> it was a bad joke, but yeah, so it didn't take much for me. I'm also like low budget and simple and like what you get is what you get. And if you don't like it, then it's fine. I can tell um, you from like, I've seen that video and it doesn't seem like it's like a in and out thing. It seems like there was a lot behind it and it, it's a quality video. 
Yeah, no, we probably only took like three hours of shooting. I mean, we would take five or six takes in one outfit. I'd go change, spend 30 minutes talking to my cousins out at the pool party that they were having out back. Like we had like a music video party, but we weren't a part of it. Everybody (laughs) while we were in the house and it was to keep everybody out of the house, you know? Um, And then we shot my, a couple scenes over at my grandmother's house, which of course, like that's a insider secret. Um, (laughs) My grandmother lives right around the corner and there was some stuff in there that we took, but um, yeah, I mean, it was just very quick, easy, couple hours, this couple hours, that, and then we drove back, but the the driving, I mean, it's 20 hours one way. So that's a lot. If there, we talked a little bit about places, I got something in my eye that is bothering me, but I've talked, we talked a little bit about places you've sang and like places you're going to be singing here soon. If there is one place that you could have at your concert, where would it be? Do you have a specific place that you've always wanted to sing at? Yeah, I really want to play and it wouldn't even matter if I was the opener um, or headlining for me at least, but I really want to play the Saratoga uh, Performing Arts Center. It's an amphitheater. My that's where we went to all of our country music concerts and stuff like that growing up. Um, also, I would really love to throw like a big headline concert at the Stockyard in uh, Holiday, Florida. It was a big venue. Part of it was a part of me growing up and and seeing concerts there and stuff. And I've opened for a bunch of people there too. So that's kind of like next on the list, but like six or seven steps up is spec. Tell me this. So for all the people listening who are possibly about to jump on the bandwagon of Carly Rogers, where do, where can we see your music career going? Where do you want it to go? I guess like, what are the goals that you have for say to see this, your career progress? Um, man, I hope, I hope we see each other everywhere. I want to see everywhere that is willing to have me come see them, you know? So that's one thing is just the, the traveling aspect. And hopefully I get to, to come and see you rather than, than everybody coming to see me. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to just ride it as far as I'm going to be able to ride it. There, there's not really a whole, like, I'm going to be sawing out, you know, arenas by 2024. It's like, where this, cause that's, I've always just kind of lived my life that way. And it's worked my dad and my mom have kind of been the same way where it's like, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing because it's working and we don't really know where it's going to go, but it's all working. And, you know, there's a saying that, and I, whether or not you believe in the universe or God or, or whatever, whoever's listening, everybody has their own difference of opinion, but you know, like you make plans and God laughs is one of my favorite quotes mm-hmm. because nothing ever goes according to plan. Like today I was going to go to the gym and I went to the gym and I had my windows down and then all of a sudden or no no, 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 no. I was going to grab dinner and I had my windows down with a dog in the back seat and all of a sudden one of those giant killer hornets I don't know if you've ever seen them but they're about those things big. are insane they're literally like bigger than my eyeball just like jumps in the back seat and because it's kind of chilly you know he's cold so he's not flying around much and the dog's trying to eat him and I'm on a no lane road out here and it's all just hills and turns and stuff. And that was not part of my plan, spending 15 minutes trying to get this hornet out of the backseat of my car. Uh, but all that to say, I mean, there's definitely goals and achievements that we're, we're marking off. But, you know, headlining the stockyard and holiday would be cool. Next step, um, selling out Cotton Eye Joe, of course, is one of our biggest goals right now, um, like short term. And then 
long-term man, I hope I get to start opening on, on either a big tour or some big festivals, you know? Well, I'm telling I'm going to push it right now because most of my listeners are from my area, which is Ohio. You guys got to go to the Cotton Eye Joe. I'll probably be there. So you, I mean, yeah. and the tickets really aren't expensive and it's not a bad drive. It's worth it. It's and like you said, there's three, it's a win, win, win. You got three things that you can go knock out all at once. Yeah. Literally, you know, I, you can do a two nighter of course, or you can do like a, a one nighter, one full dayer, mm-hmm. or like what I would typically do is like you do the night thing, you come see me Friday night, then go to the game and then go to the, the, the Saturday night show and then leave that show and drive home and be home by breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big like, Hey, let's just drive now instead yeah. of waking up driving. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Anytime we go to vacation, we go to North Carolina a lot of times and you know, when I was in younger, I rode with my parents, but now that I'm like, I'm like, my parents stop and stay the night on the, the night before. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to drive straight through. Like, I don't, I don't want to stop. I just want to go. Cause like we drive straight home. So let's just drive straight through. It's not like it's, I mean, yeah, it's what 13 hours. All right, whatever. It's not that bad. Right. Well, and you can always get out and do jumping jacks and I'm the worst about giving up the steering wheel. And it sucks because I'm uh, famously known for being a terrible good driver like I'm really (laughs) driving terrible too you know and my super easy power steering in this you know Japanese tin can that I got which I love Japanese tin cans nothing wrong with them at all but they're very light and they're very easy to maneuver and so you know you look this way for one second and you're swerving into the other lane and before you know it, you're almost cutting off track to trailer. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that bad, but <laughs> they, uh, that's what they call me is a, a terrible, good driver. Great, terrible driver. One or the other. Um, something. Yeah. I'm, I'm understanding what you're putting down. Yeah. 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 So there's a couple questions that I like to ask all my guests on every single episode. And one of them is who is your biggest inspiration in life in general or whatever? Um, I think, I mean, as cliche as it is, you know, somebody always wants to hear like another artist or whatever. And I guess my sound is kind of modeled and mimicked after Sheryl Crow and Randall Lambert, and Taylor Swift and all that, um, who were big influences on my sound, but mm-hmm. Like my parents are, are probably my biggest inspirations if that isn't too. Yeah, my parents are, are huge inspirations. Um, they both have, have individual stories that are beyond belief that have allowed them to, to give me the life that I wanted and, and dreamt about. So, um, so yeah, by my parents. Uh, you're not, I mean, it, that is a lot of people. That's what everybody says. I don't want to be cliche, but like, it is true. Like I look at my biggest inspiration, it's my parents because you look at a lot of us, a lot of the people on this podcast kind of grew up, you know, the same way I did. And it's like, you look at how they did it and you wonder why, like how they did what they did. Cause like, I'm one of four kids and I, sometimes I'm like, I don't know how you guys even had enough money sometimes to like feed us, but they gave up things in order to continue to make us happy and to do what we to satisfy our needs and they'd give up things. So your parents, everybody's parents should be their inspiration. And it could be your inspiration. And I hate to say it, it could be either your good inspiration or your bad inspiration. Cause I've always said, you learn what kind of parent you want to be from your parents and right. it could be good or bad, hopefully good. I th- I'd right. like to say that there's more good than bad, but I mean, either way you're going to learn. Right. You know, and a lot of people don't, uh, they don't grow up with the luxury of even having parents. 
that's another huge part. Um, all that to say, yeah, those, uh, there's a difference too between inspiration and motivation. Mm-hmm. I think motivation too is probably coming from the bad parents, but I agree. So the other one that I like to ask everybody, and it's always a fun one to ask is if you could go back in time and tell 16 year old, your 16 year old self, one thing, what would you say? Save your money. (laughs) I tell my 21 year old self that too. I tell my 24 year old self every day, um, with spending money, um, you know, and also, I think probably just like, just do what you're going to do. There's no, I don't really think there's better advice for, for young people or for anybody that is getting started um, other than just do what you want to do. At the end of the day, people are going to come and go. And I've learned, you know, as I've, and I'm not that old, I'm 24, but like in the last seven years of living like an adult um, and, and like a true adult, just people come and go and and especially with the way the world is changing there's always room for new people there's always places to go like my best friend Allie Colleen and I talk about all the time like I could literally you know pending regulations and restrictions and all that but like I could literally if I have the money as long as I've got the money to do it I can just pack my suitcase jump in my car go to the airport and be in Australia in 10 hours Mm -hmm. and that's like you couldn't used to do that. Yeah. And just to say, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and, and what you want to do. And as long as you do what you want to do, everything else is just going to happen. And that sounds like a super stoner thought, but it really is like do what you want to do. And as long as it's good and it's productive and it's fun and you enjoy it and you love it and, and you work at it and you do good at it, then everything else is going to happen. I agree 100%. That's something It's funny that you say that because that is something that I had kind of hit me tonight. You know, I've been for the past few months looking into possibly moving out to Montana, Wyoming, and we're living out west for like a year or two at least. Now, I know what's probably going to happen is I'm going to go out there and never want to leave. But it's one of those, you know, and I said something, I was talking to somebody and I said something about like, oh, I've I've looked at ranch jobs too. And they're like, don't go work on a ranch. And I'm like, I literally looked at him. I said, because you told me not to, it just makes me want to do it. Like I, it's something that I want to do. I, there's too many, everybody likes to bring everybody kind of down. We live in almost a little bit more of a negative world anymore today. And like, just like you said, go do what you want to do. As long as you work hard at it and it's actually like thought out. Now don't just go crazy and do what, like something that you didn't actually kind of think through. Like, yeah, that's sometimes okay. But like, there's, you got to, big decisions, like moving halfway across the country. That's something you actually have to think out a little bit, but do what you want to yeah. do. Because at the end of the day, you're living your life and nobody's going to like, don't let other people try and live it for you. Dude, I don't know where in Ohio you live or what it looks like or what it, you know, whatever's tying you down there or whatever's pushing you out of there. But I drove, I spent three days in Wyoming and four days in Montana last month, August, two months ago. And it's so cheap out there for Mm -hmm. one, like just rent in Sheridan, Wyoming, which is like a really nice town, super cheap compared to like Nashville or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Nashville, super cheap. Like I went to a stand-up comedy show the other day and this guy from New York tried to make a joke about rent, you know, and how like whatever his rent was was cheap but it's like three times more than what the average like nashville rent is you know Mm -hmm. he's like you had three grand for a two-bedroom pretty cheap and we're like 
<laughs> Wait, what? You <laughs> uh, no, can't make that joke here. You got to lower that number. Um, but yeah, I think that if that's what you want to do, do it. Why not? Yeah, I will say that the only thing that is kind of dying me down is the seven, eight nieces and nephews that I have. That's the only thing that I look at them. I'm like, man, that'd be because I am close with all of them. It'd be like, ah, but I'm like, get older. Yeah, it'll be hard. Older. That's the thing is like I'm 23 now. Like if I'm, that's what my when I told first told my parents I was considering it. They were like, do it. Like now's the time to do it. Don't wait because eventually that like thought is just going to completely pass you by there's going to be kids and a wife and other things involved where you're not going to be able to just pack up and go out west and just do what you want to do right 100 percent. yeah but this leads us into my favorite segment of the podcast which is motivation monday y'all let's get after it. Motivation Monday is the point in the episode where I allow the guests to give our Roughnecks listeners a little inspirational bump to set the tone for their week as they listen on Monday morning. So what does Carly Rogers have for Motivation Monday this week? You know, whatever gets you in a good mood, whether it's like an old song that you hadn't heard in a while or a joint or, you know, a beer sometimes before work at eight o'clock in the morning doesn't hurt anybody after a long day of Sunday NFL football. Um, but whatever it is that, that, you know, is like, you know what, I can't be in a bad mood when I do that, do it and get the week off on a good start. I think is probably the best way that I can motivate anybody to have a decent Monday. It's what uh, I do. A hundred percent. Because like yeah. I said, mon- like Monday, it was an episode that I had way back. That's why I say set the tone because Monday does set that first thing. When you wake up Monday morning, that's setting the tone for your whole week. Because it, I mean, it, if you have a bad Monday, usually that carries through at least a couple days. So, so today it's my Thursdays are my Monday. And, and I, I don't know if your listeners know that we record before Monday. Yes. But, okay. Well, they, they do now, but my Thursdays are my official Mondays. Like that's when my work week starts is Thursday morning. And by starting off my Monday morning with a killer hornet or killer wasp or whatever they're called flying around the back seat, like near my face was not in the cards, but you know what I did after that? I listened to some Santana. That's all you gotta <laughs> do. Gotta turn it around. A hundred percent. Cause like, you, like, yeah, you might have something that goes wrong, but you, you got to turn it around. That goes with the slogan of my podcast, which is grab the bull by the horns. And it's the whole right. thing of a bull is going to knock a bull rider down, but that bull rider is going to get right back up and it's get up, grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life because no one else can control your life, but yourself. Other people right. might try, but you are the one living your life. There's no one that's going to live it for you. Right. A hundred percent. But with that, that is a wrap on the 55th episode of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you so much, Carly, for coming on the podcast. Where can people follow you on social media and find your music? Yeah, uh, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Patreon. Um, everything's Carly Rogers. That's Carl with a Y, Rogers, no D. Um, and then also come into a city near you. I'm on mm-hmm. Bands and Tech. All my tour dates are on there. They're kept up with weekly um things are being added all the time so just come check us out be sure to go follow her check out her music trust me you'll want to i've been listening to it a lot lately now actually 
And like I said at the beginning of this episode, if you guys ever have a guest idea, shoot me an email over to roughneckspodcast at gmail.com. But until next week, you guys know the deal. Life is hard and it's going to knock you down just as a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let the bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Until next week, until Thursday, Roughnecks out. Oh, thank you.